Okay, so um, last week I kind of really built up this sermon. Uh, and for those of you who haven't been here, we've been going through the Gospel of Mark and, and looking at Jesus and how Mark just kind of gives us a, an outline of what he did early on in his ministry, a ministry of developing and growing and teaching and overcoming temptation and dealing with evil and dealing with opposition. And the idea is that these are the things that we also have to uh, put into our lives, that we're working, that we're growing, that we're becoming, that we're overcoming. And so I set it up last week about um, this particular parable in, in chapter 4. Because Jesus says this about this particular parable. If you don't understand this parable, how will you understand any parable? It is literally the foundation for understanding so much of life. Now, let me preface this. God, in His almighty power, can do, can accomplish, can do miraculous, can overcome, can break in at any moment God desires to. But having said that, short of God breaking in, this is typically how life works. Okay? Now... So we have the, 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 the sower. Anybody know where this particular seed sower lives? In Norman, Oklahoma, at the University of Oklahoma. That tells you what kind of godly institution. It's right there. That's the statue that is at the front of the university. So you should be sending your kids to University of Oklahoma. If you do, please get me tickets so I can go to some of the games, okay? So here's the parable. If, if you're ready, let's take a look at it. Here's what Jesus says. Listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. And as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. And the birds came and ate it up. Some other seed fell on the rocky places where it did not have much soil. And it sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched. And they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil. And it came up and produced a crop, multiplying 30, 60, or even 100 times. Now, I want to stop there because um, for just a moment, Jesus is going to then explain. He's going to talk about it a little more in detail. This is one of the foundational Laws of life. In this particular parable, though, there is a 75% failure rate. Do you see that? Three out of the four either don't come up or they come up and something happens and they don't last. 25%. Land in good soil, come up. But again now, the result 
of, of, of coming up through the good soil is 30, 60, 100 times what was planted. But it's only 25%. And what I want you to think about today is in two categories. Number one, myself and what kind of soil am I, but also when dealing with other people. So let's just deal with, with other people right now. Okay? Here is the law of life. That anytime we as a people either hear something, we say, you know what, that, that's, that's good, I like that. Yeah, you know, this, this is an area in my life I need to work on, I need to change, I need to overcome, I need to study more, I need to make better grades, whatever it is. Right? A lot of us... We'll just kind of either ignore that, maybe start for a little while, get some things going, and then we just kind of let it go. We have the bookmark that's halfway through the book, but it's been sitting on the bookshelf now for two years. And nothing really ever happens. There is a process that we all have to go through in life. In general, again, now I'm not going to rule out God intervening and doing something grand. But for the rest of the time, this is the process. And the question I think that Jesus is posing, again, now this is a parable. This is a story. You can't press parables and metaphors too far, but they do teach us some things. I think Jesus is laying before us, here's the process. And this process applies to my own personal life, my family life, in business, in sales, in leadership, in management, in nearly every area of life. Things are going to happen. Just sowing the seed. By the way, this also, I think, applies in evangelism. Sowing the seed. 25%. Now, here's what Jesus says. So they ask him, okay, Jesus, please help us out here. And again, by the way, Jesus throughout this, this whole chapter keeps saying, okay, I will. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Don't just go around and ever listening but you're never understanding or you're always seeing but you're never perceiving in other words okay hang on to the person beside you here's what jesus is saying you gotta get this you gotta get this are you just going to continue in life to spin your wheels but when you get this wow look at all that happens okay Okay, Jesus, tell us, what does this mean? So he says, all right, here it is. The farmer sows the word. I'm in verse 14. And some people are like seed along the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear it, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. So in other words, as he's... Scattering seeds, some of it falls on the, on the more like concrete. You know how when people travel over, you know, dirt, and it becomes hard. 
it's along the path. And it just sits there. It's, it's the seed that could produce 30, 60, 100 times. But it's just sitting there. Nothing happens. No action is taken. And so the birds come along and get it. He says, that's Satan. He's just going to take it from you. You're not doing anything with it. He's going to take it every time. I wonder why, you know, I remember hearing something about that, Sitters, about 20 years ago. I remember hearing a sermon and I thought, that I'm really going to go to work on it. It didn't do anything. And I'm not in any better shape today than I was back then. It's been taken from me. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. When am I going to take action? By the way, here's another way to look at this parable. It also is speaking about the sower. Why is he throwing seed on the path? Right? And you could go, well, some of it just kind of, as he's throwing, it just kind of lands there. But we also have to be better sowers in life. There are some places you don't need to throw your seed. Now, only you can answer that individually for your own life. But if we're going to continue to say, well, you know what? Keep throwing the seed right there on the concrete because one day, right, it's going to be a miracle. I would say, well, help yourself, but I'm going, to, I'm going to try to find the good soil. I've done some things in my life. I've worked on this. I'm beginning to recognize what's good soil and what's not. I'm going to let you, if you want to keep throwing it on the concrete, go ahead. But as a sower, I want to throw it into good, into good soil. So there's the first part. Nothing happens. Just hear it. You just come into. Let's be honest. Where's my chair? Let's be honest. This type of person doesn't really come to church to hear some things and then make some life choice, life changes. I'm just here to. I'm just here to be here. I'm just here because my mom and dad, grandma and grandpa, go here. Or I've been here all my life. Or, in the words of Marshawn Lynch, I'm just here so I don't get fined, right? So I don't go to hell. That's really why I'm here. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not making any life changes. I'm just here to, just to be here. just want to make sure, you know, have I done enough to be saved? And you find out you've got challenges in life. You look back, and if you're honest, you say, you know, boy, I haven't really, I haven't really grown in the last year, two years, five years. I'm still struggling with whatever it is. It's because it's where the seed is. Just haven't listened to it. It's being taken. That's the first one. Second one. Others, like seed sown on rocky places, now they hear it. And when they hear it, boy, they receive it with joy. Yes, that's it. That's what i got to do. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the Word, they quickly fall away. So this is, the best way I can think to, to illustrate it is, I'm, I want to learn a new skill, right? Playing the guitar. That's it. Wanted to do that for a long time. I don't know if any of you are like me, but 
I have tried it about 15 times since I was 18 years old. And I get excited. I got the guitar. And I look at the notes on the deer. And I, I say, yeah, prrrn, I can do that. Yeah. And changing notes. And I mean, I'm, I've got, I can do, I don't know, A and C and D major. I'm just making up stuff right now. And E flat. And, 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 and all day long that first day. Anybody with me? I wake up the next day. I'm like, all right, here we go again. But ouch! That hurts. It, nobody? That kills your fingertips. Right? And they're swollen, and they got lines through them, and they hurt. I say, not today. It, it, it'll be another day. But the thought, the next day is, I can, I'm not doing that. This hurts. And so I quickly jump in and say, yes, I'm going to play the guitar. But when the pain comes, I quit. When the persecution comes, I say, well, not me then. I'm not doing that. You know, people talk about you. You know, they'll say things. You'll, you'll experience some pain. There'll be some opposition. They won't like you for, for trying this or doing this. They'll say, who do you think you are, you know, doing that, overcoming, growing, becoming more like Jesus? Who, who do you think you are? And so there's opposition. We don't like that. And so we say, not me. I'll just kind of blend right back in into the crowd with the rest of the seed. I'll just find some concrete. To lay on. I'm done. So they jump in. There's no root system. Right? The roots bring up the not only the nourishment, but the roots are there so that when the storm comes, they don't blow away. You've got to develop it. You've got to stick with it. And you've got to persevere. And you've got to come back and do it again. So I have to eat an apple today. And tomorrow I've got to eat an apple. And the next day I've got to eat an apple. And the next day I've got to eat an apple. And the next day I've got to eat an apple. And the next day, even though I want the donut, I've got to eat the apple. And I eat the apple. And I eat the apple. And I eat it. And I eat you getting it. And I keep eating it. And tomorrow I eat it. And I don't quit. Can't quit. I want to keep developing, growing, becoming more so that God can continue to use me. I want to develop. I want to grow. So many people quit. Well, I tried one time, you know. And I, I'm, not, I'm not doing that anymore. But there's another category. Still others. Like seeds sown among the thorns, they hear the word. Oh, it's a different category here. But you can't overcome your worries. Oh, what will happen? What will happen to me? What will happen to my family? What's the worst case scenario? What might people do? What might they say? Right? There's a cartoon character that I'm sounding like that I can't think of who it is. Right? What will they think about me? But, but they're worries of life. Just a worry wart. The deceitfulness of wealth. They go into it with the wrong motivation. The motivation not to help others. And as a result then, a lot of people get wealthy by helping others. The goal for them is the wealth. It, 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 it really messes up your view of life when it's not kept in the correct order. But the desire is also for other things. 
other things. Oh, I want to do that too. Oh, I want to do that and that and that and that and this. And so those things come in and they choke it. Right? Get that, get that vivid picture. It's just choking the life out of you. Choking it out. Give it up. Quit. Stop it. That's 75% of the time. Right there. And how often is it that we're amazed that we then turn around the next day and start to do something and we, and we, and we encounter this? Any of those? Oh, what's wrong? Well, God, maybe God doesn't want this to happen. Maybe this isn't the way God you know, wants it to work out. God can do anything God wants to. But more often than not, that's an excuse and we have not stuck to this development, this parable that Jesus taught. That's really, let's be honest. Now, here's the good news. Here's what he says. Others, like seeds sown on good soil. Let's, let's, I'm not done yet, Mark. No, there you go. Trying to hurry me through. Okay, I'm going quicker. Let's go. But let's talk about good soil. What is good soil? Soil that has been prepared. You got to pull the weeds. You got to put some fertilizer. It needs a little water. There's some things that need to be done. Keep the cows off of it so it doesn't become a path. Right? It takes effort. So others like seeds sown on good soil, you heard it. Right? So today you heard it. You heard it in that your um, eardrums vibrated with the sound of my voice. Right? It's what they do. That's your eardrums right here. But the question is, are you really listening? These are the folks that hear it. These are the people that say, in hearing this, go, yep, that's it. That's, been, that's my problem right there. I have not... I haven't persevered. I've quit. I haven't. I have, and you're hearing it and you're saying, that's it. But more than that, whew, big word, you've got to accept it. You've got to say, yep, that's me. That's me. I hear you, Jesus. I'm not going to play anymore. I'm not going to act like that's not me. It is me. But then here's the third part. Got to produce it. Well, I thought God is the one. Absolutely. God has created everything. He's given us seed, and He's given us soil, and He's given us water, and He gives it to us. Let me say that again, just in case you missed it. Yeah, God created the soil and the water, and He created the sunshine, and He created the seed, and He puts it all in your hand. And you either say, Okay, God, make it grow. Or you get your shovel and your hoe and you pull weeds and you go put it out in the good soil and you take care of it and you water it. You come back the next day and do it again. Because what happens is it produces what we can't imagine. Way beyond what we could imagine. So, 
Here's what I want you. Just some things to consider. You might start out, you know, so often we hear this and say, what exactly does, might that mean? It applies to every area of life. So here's what we say. Okay, I'm going to read a book. I'm going to get up early and pray. I'm going to walk around the block one time. Just one time around the block. I'm going to invite someone to the reach group. I'm going to eat oatmeal instead of donuts. Uh, We're going to. I'm going to learn to give thanks instead of worrying. I will persevere and not quit. I will turn off the TV when it's unnecessary. I will get help for you fill in the blank. I will pull the weeds. I'll go to the event because I need to be around people. I want to get connected. I want to, um, I want to do life with others, not just by myself. I will take on the challenge. I will get over the bar. I will walk away from negativity. I will walk away from my fear and pursue Jesus. Because here's what happens. The results, you stay with it. It it comes with this wow factor. The wow factor is, I can't believe this. I cannot believe this. Just eating an apple. Just eating the oatmeal. You see, in a short amount of time in the future, the one seed becomes many, many, many more. The book becomes a library. Look at all these books I've read. Wait, I, 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 can't, I can't believe it. I know so much more now. The walk around the block becomes running a marathon. Wow. Worry became a praise fest all day long for me. My faltering marriage became a seminar that we teach to people all across the country. That would be a miracle. That would be 30, 60, 100 times. I almost put a slide up about this. But making duck calls in Louisiana becomes standing at the Republican National Convention and speaking to millions of people. Robertson. I grew up with them. That's a miracle. That's a miracle. But they kept on. They kept on. They kept on. But I'll leave you with this story. That happened in 1921. God can do anything. You never know. The one seed, the one seed that you plant, the one seed that you scatter today. And so, by the way, the law of life is this. Every day we scatter seed. Every day we're scattering. We're scattering seed just by the way that we live. So in 1921... The story of David, and I'm going to pronounce her name, Sevilla. David and Sevilla Flood. They were missionaries to the Belgian Congo. It's a story that's just now coming to light. It's a, a story that has, uh, that's remarkable in, uh, in its faith and restoration and this idea of sowing seed. The floods left native Sweden with a two-year-old son. 
And they set out for the interior of Africa. And together with another young Scandinavian couple, the Ericsons, who they went with, they sought God's direction for their endeavors. But rebuffed by the chief, who would not let them enter the village for fear of alienating the local gods, the two couples just opted to go half a mile up the slope, and they built their own mud huts. They prayed for a spiritual breakthrough, but the only contact with the villagers was a young boy who was allowed to sell them chickens and eggs twice a week so they could at least have food. Svea Flood decided if this is the only African she could talk to, she would try to lead that boy to Jesus. And she did. But there were no more converts. That was all. Soon after, malaria struck the members of this team, this missionary team. And in time, the Ericsons left. And they, went to, they returned to the central mission station. The floods remained. And when it came time for Svea to give birth, the village chief allowed a midwife to help her. And a healthy girl, Anna, was born. But the delivery was difficult for Svea. And she died about 17 days later. David, angry with God, he dug a crude grave, buried his young wife, took his two children back to the mission station. And he was done with mission work. More than that, he left the baby with the Ericsons and returned to Sweden saying, God ruined my life. Both Ericsons died eight months later. And so little Anna was taken in by American missionaries coming to the States at the age of three. Aggie, as she's now called, she grew up in South Dakota, attended North Central Bible College in Minneapolis, and married a young man named Dewey Hurst. Years later, her husband became president of a Christian college in the Seattle area, and she found much Scandinavian heritage there. One day, a photo in a Swedish religious magazine caught her eye. There, in a primitive setting, was a grave with a white cross, and on the cross were the words, Svea Flood. Six hundred Christian believers now lived in that village. A testimony to David and Svea. Aggie knew she had to go to Sweden. Her father, now married with four children and an old man, he was bitter and broken. And when she came to his bed, he turned away and began to cry. Anna, I never meant to give you away. She says, all right, Papa. Taking him gently in her arms, God took care of me. By the end of the afternoon, David had come back to God, the God that he had resented for so many decades. Some years later, the Hearst attended an evangelism conference in London where a report was given from the nation of Zaire, the former Belgian Congo. The superintendent of the national church, representing 110,000 baptized believers, spoke eloquently of the gospel spread in his nation. Aggie run, ran up to him afterwards and asked him 
if he had heard of David and Svea. Yes, madam, the man replied in French. Svea flood led me to Jesus Christ. I was the boy who brought food to your parents before you were born. You must come to Africa. Your mother is the most famous person in our history. And later they go. And there's the man. I don't know which one is is Aggie. This took place in the 20s. One seat. 110,000 people. You never know. See, that's 30, 60, 100 coming back. She thought, there's only one. You never know what God can do. We keep scattering seed and we don't give up and we don't quit and we keep growing and becoming and overcoming. Let God be the one to decide. Today we sow seed and give God the results. But we will not quit. God's been too good to us. You never know what He's got in store. So we're going to stand. We're going to sing. We can pray for you. Now's the time to come and say, I need, I need greater faith. I need what only God can give me today. If that's you, come now as we stand and sing together.